1: Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back, Behind the Velvet Rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Ms. Cracker.
0: She's a woman!
1: What is up?
0: Oh, you know, everything and nothing. I have got projects, but otherwise it's the deadly silence of Corona, you know?
1: We have a lot to talk about. You got projects, you're being very modest. You're starting out very modest. You got a lot going on, girl.
0: So, I know you gotta, you gotta make life happen.
1: I agree. We're going to get to all your projects. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been busier in COVID than like, I don't know how, like, do you think like, how did you have time to live your life before? Cause that's how I feel. I'm like, I don't know how I had time to live my life. Cause I'm so busy now just with
0: work. Yeah, you realize all the things that you didn't do. Like, now I cook and clean, and those are things that any human being should do. I just wasn't doing them, So now I'm, like, in the house just uh, being a little homemaker. (laughs) I love it.
1: I love it. Now, where are you? Are you in New York, or am I just making that up?
0: I'm in New York. You are not making that up. New York City, 15 years uh, learn drag on the mean streets and subways of this city. And uh, that's what makes us New York girls so tough.
1: Me too. I, I'm i in Chelsea. I'm a Chelsea girl. And I was like, I'm not leaving. Like, a lot of people left. And I'm like, this is my home. I don't want to leave New York.
0: Yeah. a lot of, And a lot of people left Chelsea because that used to be the gayborhood and everyone moved up to Hell's Kitchen. But uh, I, I still am a Chelsea stan. I still go there for my gay figs.
1: I love my Chelsea, you know? Like, yeah. so... But the city's a little quiet, right?
0: Yeah, a little bit. A little bit.
1: But it's kind of nice in a way.
0: Except the other day when it was loud because uh, Biden won and everyone ran out in the streets to be like, woo, ding dong, the witch is dead, you know?
1: New York was absolutely, it was a crazy weekend.
0: Oh, it was nuts.
1: Where are you from originally? I take it you're not from New York.
0: I'm originally from Seattle um, and... I came here to do publishing and somehow I got sidetracked.
1: Seattle's a cute city.
0: It was, it is. Now it's now. It's the parking lot of Amazon, Boeing, Starbucks, and Microsoft.
1: So now you grew up Lubavitch, right? Like you, you're from, your parents are Lubavitch. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a nice Jewish boy. So, you know, there you go. How? So how is that? Like, I mean, this is just my own lack of knowledge. Like, how is that community with like, being gay, drag, all of the above.
0: By the time all of that came to be in my life, my family had left the faith and become atheists. You know, we were no longer a part of that community. And I think part of the natural progression of things was that my uh, parents just really accepted me for who I am. And there was never that problem. They left that conservative world and grew and grew along with me.
1: That's good. Not everyone has a story
0: like that. Not everyone has a story like that. So when people are like, oh, do you not get along with your father because he is, you know conservative and doesn't like who you are I'm like no he goes to my shows he's just an asshole that's why I don't <laughs> like him <laughs> like he accepts me he accepts me fully for who I am I just uh don't like spending time with him that's you know so I get to have those kind of luxury problems um of like personal conflict and not the the bigger stuff I always was accepted <laughs>
1: Right, like other reasons why people may or may not get along with their parents, having nothing exactly.
0: to do. Exactly. I just slam my door like, you don't understand me. Um, and that's just about as deep as it goes, you know.
1: I love it. So you, so when did you move to New York? You moved here, you wanted to get, like, you, you worked in publishing?
0: Yeah, I moved in here in 2006. Um, and I immediately got into publishing. I was an intern at a publishing house and from there I became an editor and everything. Like I was in publishing for a solid 10 years before a drag grabbed me Um, and I didn't really leave publishing and grant writing until 2015.
1: Wow. Um,
0: So I was doing living two lives for a very long time. As as
1: many of us do here in New York City.
0: Oh, absolutely. Especially, Especially if you are a cis queer man. If there's one thing that a cis queer man will refuse to do, it's hold down a day job by itself. Like, he has to have something on the side that makes him feel like he's secretly fancy. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. I get
1: it cuz just you know like New York is so expensive so I think right like a lot of people come and have their day job and then have what they really want to do and right some people never get to like kind of mesh the two and like make money with what they I'm really like
0: love. I'm the opposite of most uh performers like I'm a performer who just I perform cuz this is my Day job, but what I really want to be is a barista. That's what I've decided. Like, after after this drag career, I'm going to be a barista and I'm just trying to do drag long enough to break into the coffee industry.
1: <laughs> and do you want to be a barista at anywhere in particular? Like, do you want to go right for the Starbucks or you want to stop somewhere along the way?
0: Oh, no. I want to have my own shop. I want to have my own shop. And uh, I just believe that that's where happiness will be because I, I think everyone. Obviously, I'm joking, like, I love drag so much, but I think everyone has this fantasy of what they're going to do when they retire from their main job. And for me, for some reason, it's barista, because they always make people so happy. Um, and that's what I want to do with my drag anyway. So I was like, what if there's a, a shortcut to making people happy where I don't have to put on makeup and stuff?
1: I was going to say, you could open a drag
0: coffee shop but then right you would have to right the thought had occurred to me so yeah and now i have to give you like five percent for encouraging my idea but i'll yeah, even
1: take four percent i'll like be happy at four percent
0: i'll loop my agent in we'll work on it okay um but yeah no it's it's like uh i don't even know how know how we got off on this tangent but yeah that's like that's my secret fantasy just so people people know
1: how did you get into, so you know you were pu- working in publishing, How? so how did you start in drag? How did that come oh, about? Jesus.
0: It was a complete accident. I was um, going home in the snow one night, and I ran into this guy who was trying to carry a bookshelf all by himself, and I was like, let me be a good neighbor and help him, and we got up to his place with the bookshelf, and he turned on the light, and the entire apartment was full of wigs and dresses and I was like oh my god what's going on he's like well I'm a drag queen you should try it sometime I was like sure will you know like a gay maybe aka no um but we became friends and he sort of nagged me every weekend for six months to try it and I finally did he put me in full makeup I fell in love and I became uh, Miss brianna Cracker, and he became Bob the Drag Queen.
1: Wow, yeah. And Bob is your drag mother, right?
0: Yep, isn't that bizarre?
1: Yeah, that is. <laughs> and this was like, yeah, that is bizarre. This was
0: like, this would have been 2010. Wow, so we're celebrating a decade of whatever the hell this is
1: well so okay so since you were born like in the 80s you know do you remember like drag like before drag race like do you like what was it like before drag race
0: well i did drag before drag race in a way because drag race was around but it wasn't the phenomenon that it is now and some people watched it but it wasn't a uh yeah like i said it wasn't a phenomenon so i remember drag was for weird Poor misfits trying to get the money for a Metro card, which at the time was $75 a month. Um, and that's what drag was for. I don't know what happened to Drag since then. It seems like it's for a lot of really gorgeous uh models. Um, with excellent makeup skills which uh, I don't know if I fit in that category (laughs) Um, but yeah I don't know has grown into this whole cultural phenomenon in a huge industry and you got to be really good uh, to make an impression now but yeah I remember what it was like before Um, and I remember seeing nan golden's portraits of drag queens from the 80s like misty and jimmy paulette and taboo and um just thinking like ah that's that's weird but in my heart going like oh i'm interested like what is that you know
1: yeah like in a way i think like what gay man i mean maybe there are some doesn't really want to see themselves in drag
0: right I whenever I'm anywhere, I always look at my cashier if it's a dude, and I wonder what would you look like in paint and i actually I forgot about this yeah but i i let's not restrict it to gay men i had um I still have this friend uh named Mark and he was a uh rapper and he was a straight dude, and uh probably still is. And uh, he was like, you know what? I want to try drag. And so we shaved his beard and I got him a little outfit and wig together and Monet painted his face. And he was a woman for a full night heels and all out in the gay bars living his life. And then he went back um, to being a straight dude with a family and a rap career. And I think that, everybody wants to see themselves transformed. Um, Cis men, cis women, everything in between, um, uh, across the whole spectrum. So yeah, I I think that drag is alluring. And that's definitely what brought me in is that secret something of wanting to see yourself transformed be somebody else.
1: What was like the early days of drag? Like after, I mean, did Bob help you like, I mean, like, what were those early days? Was it trying to make money for, like, the Subway card? And, like, were you good at it in the beginning? Or do you have this huge learning curve?
0: I was trash in the beginning. I had this huge learning curve. And I didn't do it for the money. At first, I was just going to other drag queens gigs in drag to kind of hang out with other drag queens. And it wasn't until I started seeing really uh, the whole drag seen in New York and touring around with Bob um, and sort of tailing along that I was like, what would I be like on stage? And that's when I started going up on stage and making my own mixes. And that was a huge... The first time I did drag, um, I danced so hard that my dress unzipped and my sock tits fell out and it was a whole mess and but you couldn't tell me at the time that i wasn't a fierce queen you still can't tell me like the delusion remains you know what i'm saying
1: that's good though right Mm -hmm. so at what point from doing that early did you say like i can make a career of this or this can be something like when did that happen
0: woof do, what was it? I was, it was like 2015 and I had drag gigs every single night and I was making, I think, more money doing drag than I was at my day job as a grant writer. And I was like, mom, I think I'm going to make this leap to my my biological mother. And she was like, you hate your day job so much. I would rather see you on the street than doing something you didn't want to do. And uh, so I was like, all right, here we go. Uh, Full in. It actually, I don't remember if... Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.
1: Before we continue this conversation, I just want to say that 2020 has certainly been a year. And at the beginning of quarantine, there was a lot getting in the way of my happiness and achieving my goals. And I turned to BetterHelp, which is online professional counseling. And it really helped me not only achieve happiness during this time, but really achieve my goals. Behind the Velvet Rope went from two times a week to four times a week. And I wrote a book, the Behind the Velvet Rope book. So for anyone that feels that things are getting in the way of their happiness and achieving their goals, I strongly recommend BetterHelp. You don't even have to leave your house. It is online, professional counseling. And what I love about it is you can start communicating with them within 24 hours of signing up. Anyone that knows me knows that, if you don't get back to me, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. These counselors, get back to you in a very timely manner, and you're really matched with a counselor that fits your needs. If you get a counselor that you don't like, you can just request another counselor. Everything, of course, is confidential. They deal with a variety of issues. Depression, stress, anxiety, sleep. We're all having trouble sleeping during this. Trauma, anger, family conflicts, self-esteem, grief, LGBTQIA issues. And I have to say, it is actually more affordable than traditional online counseling, and financial aid is available for anyone that cannot afford it. So they're growing so rapidly, and so many people are turning to BetterHelp for help that they're looking for additional counselors in all 50 states. Go to BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash Velvet Rope. BetterHELP.com slash velvet rope, and you get 10% off your first month. Join over 1 million people today taking charge of their mental health. You're not alone. If you need help, this is a great solution. BetterHELP.com slash velvet rope, and get 10% off your first month.
0: Caitlin, my co pilot, was there. I think she might have been, that I might have met her just after that. But I was sitting in a room with Bob, the drag queen, and my biological mother talking about my plan to change uh, my career. And they were both like, go for it. Um, you know, Bob will gamble with someone else's career if it's the last thing he does. He's like, go for it, girl. No, Seriously. Like, you have no skin in this game. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah, the two people that were most invested in my my drag life, they were like, they were like go for it.
1: That's amazing. My parents would have said, well, you can shut the fuck up and go back to work tomorrow morning because how are you going to eat? So bravo to your mom
0: and Bob because
1: my parents would have slapped me and said, go back to work now.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure my my dad would have.
1: Is there like this, so is there this like misconception or pressure or a thing now that Drag Race is so big of like, you kind of have to get, on Drag Race to make it. Like, I'm not saying that's the truth. And like, is that the truth? Or is that like the more like the perception?
0: Well, the way I always put it, let's say you're in a kindergarten class. You have 30 kids. There's like, it's coloring time. You give them crayons and you give them paper and they're all coloring and having a good time. Then you tell them halfway through the project, listen, the best drawing in this class that kid gets an extra 30 minutes of recess. It changes the whole vibe. And suddenly all the kids are thinking about what does it mean to be the best little artist and what does it mean uh, to beat everyone else and who's the competition? It, it changes everything. And I think that's sort of what Drag Race did. It sort of made everyone think about who's good and who's not, um, who's winning and who's not. Even if people don't think it's, you have to be on drag race, there's still an elevated level of competition. Now, the good thing about that, I think, is that drag queens finally have a place they can go and be successful. Um, There's not necessarily drag race, but drag queens feel like there can be success in drag. Um, And the negative thing about that is that drag queens feel like they have to have success in order to do drag. And really it's a lot of fun to do drag just for yourself and for its own sake, um, which is weirdly what COVID has gotten me to do now. Like here I am, it's one in the afternoon, I'm in full face and I'm like this a lot just because it makes me happy to do that. And I go out in my mask and do little things and uh, Caitlin and I film them because. Um, I love drag for its own sake and I sort of needed a reminder of that.
1: And do you think you're the exception? Do you think a lot of queens are not in full makeup at 1 p.m. and they're like, it's a you know, it have, has it turned into like more of a business for a lot of people, you think only? I
0: think it I think it had turned into a business for me too. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I'm not
1: saying that's a bad thing.
0: Yeah, I think I think all for all of us um right now, we're all remembering what it's like so I don't think I'm alone I think we're all remembering right now oh like yeah I do drag for itself and not for the for the money and for the attention but just because it makes me happy I think we're all getting there at this point by the way if corona is listening on the other line don't get it confused bitch you don't have to be around for me to have this happy christmas feeling about drag you can leave and i'll still remember so don't feel like i need you (laughs) uh
1: seriously yeah like yesterday because i don't watch the news anymore because it's just who wants to watch news. but someone said that i guess now in new york there's like as of yesterday a curfew now at 10 o'clock i think that's what someone told me so i guess it went from 11 to 10 which i know doesn't seem major but i guess everything is closing at 10 o'clock now so
0: I mean it's all that there there is a second wave that is happening as predicted and so you know the stuff that uh I've been doing lately as far as like every time I'm going to do a project you know I get tested wear a mask everyone wears a mask you got to be keep those things to a a limit um and we got to be responsible um because if we ever want to have what we had the parties and the shows and all of that we have to be responsible now i know that's hard for as as a new york uh queer i know it's hard for us to understand waiting because we're not good at that (laughs) New Yorkers are not good at that (laughs) and new yorkers especially
1: are not good at that
0: no new yorkers period are not good at that so yeah i'm just trying to train myself to be like be patient seriously Um, and your patience will be rewarded
1: So how did you get involved with Drag Race? Like, was it your idea? Was it Bob's idea? Like, who, how did, like, how did you come to apply? Did they contact you?
0: Well, people were like, you should apply for Drag Race. And it was beginning to sink into my head. And I gave it a little whack one time. And I just didn't really know who I was yet. And then I met my co-pilot, Caitlin, and she was like, no, there's something here. Like, you could build a brand. And we worked together for like a year to sort of figure out who I was. And it was that combination of the really crass comedy and the really cute lady um, together that made the brand. And uh, kind of Caitlin and I, we each represent those parts. But uh, they both live in in Miss Cracker. Um and that at that point, we made a Drag Race audition tape together. We had a blast. We did it by ourselves. And that was the audition tape that got me in. Because I knew who I was. So for everybody that's listening, if you're thinking about auditioning for Drag Race, you have to know who you are first before you make a tape. It's okay to wait it's okay to not know who you are and it's okay to give yourself time Um, because you are wasting your own time. If you don't, you know, have a feeling a a handhold on what your identity is. Um, Also a lot of Queens spend thousands of dollars on these tapes where they have Uh, videographers shoot all of their stuff, shoot their music video, shoot their runways, shoot all of this stuff at a professional grade. And I can tell you that that does not matter because Caitlin and I made my Drag Race audition tape all on her iPhone with iMovie. And it got me in. Why? Because I knew who I was and relaxing together one-on-one allowed my personality to come through would my personality have come through if I had had a whole videographer team and a mega production I don't know so simplify save yourself the money save yourself the time and and get yourself a a one-on-one experience that will get you a good audition tape that's my speech
1: I I I'm I'm here for it you you think a lot of people. next
0: time you audition okay (laughs) seriously the next time
1: the next time well you're gonna have to help me if I audition first of all Mm -hmm. um so you think that's what there's a lot of people that make that mistake that go out and spend the money and have a big old production and think that's gonna wow RuPaul and whoever's involved
0: yeah it's like getting someone socks for Christmas and wrapping it in amazing wrapping paper it's like, at the end of the day, it still sucks. So, it doesn't matter how you wrap it up. You, the gift that you're trying to give people is you. And forget about the production. Forget about the production.
1: Your analogies, I'm like here for them too. It's a very you're good welcome. analogy.
0: She's an explainer. Seriously. explainer.
1: <laughs> and you applied once before that and you just weren't where you are. You,
0: you just weren't ready. Yeah. I was like wait who am I I thought that I was like I had this kind of Wednesday Adams aesthetic and so my jokes were crass and I looked crass and it was just all very one note you know and then we sort of discovered like oh the jokes land a lot funnier if I'm telling all these crass jokes and I look like a little princess you know like a little Disney princess and um, glam and goof So that battle became my thing, you know?
1: I like it. So were you ecstatic when you got chosen?
0: Yeah. I actually um, left my phone at home, uh, forgot my phone at home. I was like, I I don't really need it for tonight's gig anyway. Who cares? It's not like I'm going to get any calls. And uh, did my little gig and... Got home, and there was one missed call, and it was like, hey, you're on uh, Drag Race, so calls back, click. I was like, wait, what? What? (laughs) First of all, this is the only time I've ever left my phone at home, and second of all, that's it? You know? Oh my God. Uh, I was really ecstatic because I felt like uh, all this hard work that I went through with Caitlin to discover who I was was worth it. Yeah. I, I just want to underline that again. Like I went through the work of discovering who I was. I didn't buy better wigs from a hairdresser. I didn't buy better clothes from a designer. I didn't. Um... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.
1: Does anyone else think buying gifts for the men in your life is difficult and kind of puts it off to the last minute? Well, Now there's an easy solution, because grooming gift sets from Duke Cannon are available at Target. They're fun, they're useful, And they freaking smell so good. Take Frothy the Bear Man gift set. It's three big-ass bricks of soap that are infused with beer and booze. But they don't smell like beer and booze. They smell like citrus, oak barrel, and sandalwood. It's a great gift for any guy who cleans himself. So it really applies to everyone, whether they bathe frequently or not. Or there's the Beer That Stole Christmas gift set. It's a box set of beard goods, basically beard oils, beard washes. And the best thing is both of these packages that I just described are $20. That's right, $20. The Frothy the Beer Man gift set, you get three huge bars of soap. With the Beard That Stole Christmas gift set, you get two beard oils, and one beard wash. And the thing is, these make great gifts, guys, because the packaging, it's so kitschy, it's fun. The packaging itself is worth the $20. The products are functional. Who isn't going to use beard oil or a beard wash? And who doesn't want a huge block of soap? And they're really great soaps. They smell really good. They're fun gifts, $20. They're kitschy, they're great. The men in your life will love them. If you've waited to the last minute, I mean, how many days do we have left till Christmas Eve and Christmas? Let me tell you, there is a solution. The next time you're in Target, look for Duke Cannon grooming products in the grooming section and pick this up. The Frothy the Beer Man gift set, $20. The Beer That Stole Christmas gift set, $20 available at Target. And you know what? When you give this as a gift and the men in your life are thanking you, you can come back and thank me
0: buy more expensive makeup. What happened was I discovered me. And I think people are losing sight of that in the drag world. They think that they can buy what it takes. But what it takes is you knowing yourself um, and loving it and embracing it and sitting in it. Um, Anybody can buy wigs and clothes, Um, you know. I think about uh, a queen like, uh, like Naomi Smalls. Like, yeah, she's a, a fabulous-looking model, but that's not why um, she makes an impression on people. It's because she has this uh, per- unforgettable personality. Like, you won't forget that, lady. You know what I mean? And then the clothes and the hair uh, are the icing on the cake, you know?
1: That makes sense. You know? That there's makes a sense to
0: There's a lot of pretty people in the world. But it's not about that. It's about something else. In no.
1: And if you look at, like, the people that won or did really well, it's kind of, it's a good mixture of people that have done well. And the... Why? I mean, there's no, there's no shade. I'm just saying it's, it's a wide range of people that have done well on Drag Race in particular.
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. I thought- <laughs> what did you think I was saying? <laughs> I thought you were saying, like... Yeah, and the winners, you know, and the people that did well are a mix of empty shells and personalities. Like, no, now, now no. I get what you're saying. Now I, get what I just meant saying. they're yeah, all, yeah.
1: like, not the Naomi
0: Smalls Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, it's all... It's all um, people that have a strong um presence and whether that's through their expressed through their fashion or through their makeup or through their humor um you know yeah
1: so was dry yes i wasn't being shady or anything like that was i mean i wish
0: you were because it would be fun (laughs) i was gonna say i
1: mean like i i could be shady but you know i'm just trying to be i'm trying to be appropriate
0: nice very nice yes a nice yenta.
1: Right? Like, I mean, I don't want you to hang up on me or anything. Um, right. I'm like, hello? Was um was Drag Race harder or easier or, like, just what you – like, was it what you expected or completely
0: different? Uh, I think it was just as hard um, in a completely different way. Like, I had just come out of the most shocking – couple of months of my life my apartment got flooded I lost a bunch of my possessions I had all these terrible experiences that had put me in this mental state of being stressed out of my mind um so I was more ready for drag race because I had more experience but I was also just a wreck of a person so that was my my big struggle was to uh calm down and feel like everything was okay, you know? And that's kind of what Juju did for me on the show is every day I'd be like, I think the world is going to end. And she was like, everything's going to be fine. Now it turns out that I was right and she was wrong, but she made me feel great at the time. (laughs) I was going to say,
1: like, I'm not so sure how wrong you were. (laughs) Here we are
0: Yeah, sitting at
1: home in our apartments on a Zoom. So there you go.
0: Juju, I was right. The world
1: is ending. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to give you that one. I'm going to yeah. I'm gonna give you the point on that one. Check. But like in a way, like in a way you had to like submerge yourself in it. So it's probably good to like leave all of that behind and whatever drama was going to be waiting for you. I mean, I get it. Like the first week you Absolutely. probably were like, my apartment's falling apart and my life is falling apart. But then probably by like week three, you're like, Oh shit. I got some real serious stuff going on here. If I want to. Yeah. Dwell.
0: Yeah. You have to leave all of that behind and, um, deliver And Because uh, in that moment There's nothing else you can do But be a, a, a great queen And honestly that's a lesson for, for life You have to learn When to leave things at the door And Go forward with your life And I, I Definitely learned that from Drag Race I definitely learned that from uh, Juju And I'm going to carry it with me
1: How was RuPaul? Like, I know, like, I've talked to, like, a lot of the queens, you know, that were just, I guess, shocked. I don't know if shocked is the right word. You know, like, they just expected to be hanging out with RuPaul while filming. Like, and I know that Mm -hmm. that that's not necessarily the case. So, like, what was your interaction? Like,
0: was there, how was that? Have you seen The Fifth Element? Yes. You know, where, like, the diva Plava Laguna comes into the hotel and the, like, little, uh, like bellboy is like (gasps) tall and that's that's your that's your impression of rupaul i mean for me i'm like five five and a half so i'm like well she's tall and it's not just about um her being very tall but it's about her presence and her personality is so huge and i would say that you feel when she's looking into your soul and those moments where it looks like she's talking to somebody's soul. I mean, they feel like that when, during the filming. So if that's what you're seeing on the screen, that's what's happening. And I have been through this twice and I still don't know how um, she is able to be so intuitive and speak directly to you like that. You know, she makes she makes people break down in tears because they're having this connection. Um, so. What I would say from having been on Drag Race and having watched other people on Drag Race is that what you see is what happened, you know? And the presence that RuPaul has on the show, she has in person.
1: Is there, like, jockeying, like, you know let's kiss up to rupaul or i mean because you know it's impartial so i would imagine that would get people nowhere but is it you know what i mean like i just think that's how people are in life in general in like a lot of situations
0: i i think that any plans or schemes that you have on that you come into drag race with always go out the window because in the real situation the pressure is just too high and when rupaul is standing like looking at you over like this you're like you're whatever little scheme you had you forget you know that makes sense. You're like, "Damn it, I meant to kiss up to her." You know? She's right. <laughs> <Just> like
1: <laughs> And then you were eliminated based on one of the best songs, Vanity 6.
0: Yes. It's
1: such oh, a yeah. good song. To it Cameron. Is. So, I mean, did you like did you finish like where you thought you would? Like did you think you would get farther? Were you happy with how you did?
0: I just remember being like, I'm so proud of how far I went. And I remember right before I was limited, sitting in the workroom, I was like, there's so few of us. I can't believe I made it this far. Um, because it just, you never know how you're going to stack up. And it was an honor to to, to go that far. And, and then it was like an honor to tour the world. Um, and I... I'm so grateful for every minute that people embraced me it just it it was more when I got eliminated I was grateful but there was more coming um the best was yet to come um so I just I just I'm so grateful for that whole the season 10 experience the touring that went with it too you know
1: And is that really how life changed? I mean, like, were you changed, like, as a person? I mean, it was touring, I imagine, like, a lot of doors opened professionally.
0: Yeah, like, Caitlin and I always dreamed that we would go around the world and try to make the world a better place with uh, drag. And then suddenly we were doing it. And you get this feeling like happiness is right around the corner because it's so close. And what you don't realize is that that is happiness, you know, that it's already there. And, um, I, I would give that out as a lesson to everybody. If you are feeling really optimistic, like, uh, happiness is just around the corner, stop yourself and be like, this is happiness. This feeling of optimism, this feeling that anything is possible. This is happiness. It's not coming. It's not in the future. It's right now. Um, and I guess, uh, I definitely learned that through this, this experience, you know.
1: And it must've been interesting, like meeting people, you know, all over the world and. Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I had, uh, an entire tour that never touched America. My, uh, American woman tour, uh, ironically, went, went to Australia and New Zealand and, uh, the UK and Ireland and Europe. And never touched American soil. So like all of my touring was learning about different ways of living life. And I'll tell you the ways of life that include Swedish meatballs are really uh, <laughs> enticing to me. I'm like, I'm going to move to Sweden. I am gonna move to the UK. Like there's so many places that I, that I saw that I'm like, I want this to be my whole life. So, um, if anyone wants to uh marry a drag queen and bring her to their nation that is not America, um I'm I'm she's available.
1: Well, I think there might be a lot of people that might want to marry a drag queen and bring her to another <laughs> part of the world.
0: Hello somebody. I'm accepting proposals right now via cameo. So uh just- <laughs>
1: You're on cameo.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) But wouldn't you, because I mean, I, because I've, I've been to like 55 countries. I've been to all seven continents. Like one, doesn't it always, yeah, I've been, she's, she's a traveler. Girl, Um,
0: do not stop a Chelsea Gay from getting around the world. You know, I mean. They will do it.
1: Pre-COVID, I had like a very nice thing going on.
0: Yeah, exactly. Same.
1: But doesn't it always come back? You know, listen, I love traveling the world, but doesn't it always come back to New York? I mean, for me, it does, like eventually.
0: Yeah, it always comes back to New York because um, there's something about being able to get Chinese food at 4 a.m., New York Chinese food at 4 a.m. that you just, it, you can't replace, you can't replace that.
1: We're going to talk about you and food in just one second. Hey. Um, so right. You did the haters roast. You were nominated for people's choice, uh competition contestant, your one woman show. It's time. So you, you, you had, this is all, this all happened right after drive race. Yeah. Busy. Yeah. And then talk to me about all stars. How did that come about?
0: Um, I was doing my tour. I was doing American woman in the UK and My sister came to visit me uh, in the UK. Am I remembering this right? I'm making history. I'm writing history right now. Listen, Um,
1: it sounds right to me.
0: My sister came to visit me in the UK. I was doing some tour, and um, she was like, Oh my God, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God, that's huge news. What other news could we get today? This is huge. Seriously. And we got a call from Wow, and they were like, we would like you to do uh, All Stars. And I was like, now who's important, Sylvia? <laughs> For, to do forget all-stars? your baby, yeah. right? Exactly. Forget your baby. We're going out to celebrate me. Um, and uh, I, just, I always say that um, RuPaul is like your bladder when, you, when you're in your 30s. When she calls, you go. Do you know what I mean? You don't wait. You don't have excuses. You just go.
1: So. Well, I was just going to say, uh, that was my question. Like, does anyone say no then to all stars? Or like, did you have any thoughts of like, I'm touring the world, making good money? Like, no. Uh, no. When, when RuPaul calls, you just go.
0: There's something about it. And I had been having thoughts before. And Caitlin, my co-pilot, and I had these arguments before sometimes I'd be like I want to do all-stars right now I want to do it last season and sometimes I'd be like I don't even need all-stars I'm touring blah 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 and uh she'd be like you know the a lot of queens get their longevity from all-stars and they have a chance to prove that they've grown blah 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 and um, we just go back and forth but when the call came I knew um I guess when you know you know
1: and then is that call like see you in three months, or is it like see you tomorrow, See you next um, week, like drop everything you have three days to get here
0: i like I can't give too much away, but I can't say it's like we'll see you yesterday, you know that's what Yee! I would. You have to love the power
1: of TV, you know?
0: Exactly. Because you can't be like, no, I'll be there when I feel like it, you know? It's like Viacom. Right.
1: They're like, no, 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 sweetie. Like, you need to come now. Yeah. And if you don't, that's okay. We love you. But you see that person to your left, they're going to come instead.
0: They're going to, they're going to come instead. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And then, so you did well, runner up. Yeah. And, do you wanna just cut Shay Coulee? Do we, do we just wanna push her down a flight of stairs or?
0: I, no, because this is what I always say. I can't remember if I've said this in this interview yet, but the, doing the last episodes with Shea and Juju was so much fun. They're such amazing people. And even as a uh, drag queen with an ego, I was just like, you know, whoever wins this thing, I am gonna be happy. And that was such a relaxing feeling, if that makes sense. Just to be like, whoever gets this crown, I don't think anyone would have been mad if Juju got the crown. You know what I mean? It's just like, how can you not be happy for this ray of light? You know what I mean? So how is it going to go wrong? Um, So yeah, but I I always used to joke when I'd go on tour with Shay, I'd be like, I hate this bitch. When I introduced her on the mic, I'd be like, she has... A beautiful drag aesthetic. She has an amazing Instagram. She's always raising the bar for what it means to be a drag queen. And on top of it, she's a nice person. Can we please, you know what I mean? Can we please, isn't that enough? Seriously. You just wish that you wish that Shay would be a mean person so that you can be like, there, there's the hole in the armor. But no, right. she's, she's great to tour with. She's uh, fun to be with. She's fun to be on the show with. And she's good at her job.
1: Is it like clear, like maybe even the first time you did Drag Race in season 10, like is it clear, like do people chatter of like, this person's gonna get far? Like is it clear who's gonna kind of get far amongst the contestants or not really?
0: I remember in season 10 when we all entered the workroom and I looked around the circle and I was like, I know exactly who's going home uh, in what order. And uh, I was wrong. (laughs) And so I think it's like you think that you know, and there's a lot of chatter about it, but there's one thing that Drag Race will do, and that's let you know. Do you know what I mean? Drag Race will set you right. And so, yeah, every drag queen has a secret superpower, and you can't tell from looking at her eyebrows what it is. So, you may judge the book by its cover, but you will be surprised by its contents
1: besides like the success and like the crazy power of TV. I mean, now you get recognized. I'm sure. Well, it's true. Like, you know, the power of TV, right? Like you're the same drag, you know, like you're still the same as if you weren't on drag race, but I mean, you know, but you know, the the, TV is a powerful thing, right? I mean, well, also our culture is obsessed with celebrity and this elevates you to that platform. Yeah. But besides all of that, like, how did you change as, like, a person internally? Like, just, you know, your drag, you said, like, you weren't ready the first time. But, like, how did, like, Drag Race and then All-Stars change you, like, as a person? Or did it? I think
0: think it has to do a lot of my journey uh, with Caitlyn. Because, um, you know, if you, (laughs) just, if you, like, lean to the side and fart when you're just a New York City queen, like only one person smells it and that's the end of that um but if you lean to the side and fart as a as a Rue girl one person smells it. they tweet it and yes. uh you have to be y- you are called to task for what you did and you have to be like you have to be like you know what i'm glad that i farted and that's me Um, or decide, like, I'm not going to fart anymore. or Do you know what I mean? Like, you have to make decisions about what you like about yourself and what you don't and what you want to change and what you don't want to change all the time because you're accountable for everything that you do in a different way. I think that, you know, like, as much as I hate to admit it, it's really improved who I am as a person because I think about everything I do, and I'm much more conscious in what I do, I don't just let stuff tumble out of my mouth anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I think about how it will affect people and I think about how it will affect me. And I think about, um, I wanna make sure that everything I say reflects who I am. And that's something that I didn't have to do before cause ain't nobody was listening. You know what I mean? That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: To that point, like, did you ever get like any of like the online hate? Like, did you go through any of that? Like, I, I don't really know.
0: I mean, like, I talked to... yeah. If you were on the television and you did not get hate, you were not paying attention because every single one of the girls on the season got hate, death threats, insults in the most extreme ways. And, of course, obviously this year we were awakened to the fact that queens of color get it disproportionately. So there's, like... an inexcusable amount of negativity we all got it and it's really I hope a breaking point where we think um what kind of environment do we want to create around uh celebrity and around drag race period like is that how we want things to be um, Right. I think about Alexis Mateo and you know what she went through and she posted a picture of herself with some of the words that were slung at her. Um, Is that what we want? Hmm. Do we want someone like that to be burdened with all of that hate? I don't know. I don't think so. That's not why I got into drag.
1: And were you, did you ever go there with the online hate? I mean, I've gotten it you know, when I started this podcast, you know, like, did you or you just were always good or was it a process for you? Like, did you just block it out or did you go there and then eventually say? Oh,
0: I had to learn. I had to learn. Because yeah. I would, I I would mean, look at everything for a while and then I'd I, I just get curious. I'd be like, it's a while since I looked. I'm just going to look at it. No, yeah. ah!
1: oh, this is terrible.
0: So it was kind of like a clockwork orange, you know? I was slowly uh, zap prodded into not doing it anymore. Now I, I don't see it. Um, Because when I was doing review with the Jew, I would interview people like Valentina, who is uh, obviously a star and obviously a gorgeous queen. And people would be giving her comments like, you ugly, talentless, you know, nobody, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, if Valentina gets it, that means that everybody gets it. Do you know what I mean? Like, everybody gets. So why, like, why, why would you pay attention to it if it's for everybody? That's a good attitude. Yeah.
1: What about from one podcast host to another? How did your She's a
0: Woman podcast come about? Oh, yeah. So I I did this show called um, American Woman. And in it, I interviewed women of all kinds about what it's like to be a woman these days, and uh, especially in America, And the interviews were so fascinating. I was like, I want to do this forever. So we decided to make a podcast where I interview amazing women. And uh, I realized that it's a way to give back because 90% of the faces in my audience are women, you know? And I'm like, you guys are paying my bills, so I will pay you some mind to take RuPaul's wisdom. And uh, yeah, it's my way of giving back um, in a small way um, to people who have really lifted me up you know i want to do the same do you love podcasting i was terrified about podcasting at first really as you as you know you have to know about the person that you're talking to in a pretty in-depth way because you don't want to be surprised yeah um and so you there's a lot of preparation and you also have to get into this mode with the person where you are fully present with them and you can't be distracted in any way so it's a skill you know,
1: I say it's the only time that I'm not like checking my phone, you know, like doesn't right. matter what, you're not going to be on your phone. Well, also yeah. like for me, cause like, I love my vodka, nice martini. So like, I same thing. Her. Like when you say like, you're not sure about like a time frame, I'm the same way. I'm like, did this happen in this order? But like, for me, like when I sit with someone on a podcast like this, like I will remember like nine and I'm like, oh, is this how my life would be if I just was present all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Like, maybe I should actually live my life like this. But I will remember most of what we say. It's just... Yeah. So I like it. But yes, I mean, I found, like, if you're not... If you don't know about someone, like you said about preparing, it's not even the other person that gets mad. It's like the audience will crucify you. Because, you know, like, people listening... Yeah, they'll be like, how do you not know that? And I'm like, well, you're right. That's a pretty basic fact that I missed. So... But that's It good. happens,
0: like it happens on on NPR. Sometimes she'll be like, "And you went to Harvard," and they're like Yale. She, and and you know, uh, the host of Fresh Air will will be like, "Oop," you know, like uh, you know, it happens. It's it's a human thing. We make mistakes, but it can only happen so much before people start to lose their shit. Exactly, like once or twice. But
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I think it's a good it's a good format because like you can you know. You have a, some say in what goes out when you're
0: the podcast host. Oh, absolutely. I take out every single one of my ums.
1: Oh, really? Then you're every good. You're good. Because I don't, I don't. And I get people comments all the time that I say like, and I do, I say like, like, I'm like, can't this just be my thing? Like, I'm not taking out all the likes. I don't have the energy or time and no one on my team does either.
0: So right. So with it. I leave the likes because fuck all y'all. Do you know what I mean? This is how I talk. I do understand that. That's I, This is I how I, just, I talk. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. All
1: like, right. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> now let's talk about Eater's Guide to the World, which I saw. <laughs> right? Yeah. We got to talk about this. So how did you get involved in that, hosted by
0: <laughs> our wonderful Maya Rudolph? By the amazing Maya Rudolph, who said Brilliant. my name out loud, which I was like, what? and she did it um but it it was just an email from hulu they're like listen we think we're gonna do a show about food is there a place that you love and i was like absolutely they're like we're looking for a place that drag queens might go after a show i was like i know exactly where to go i know exactly where to go and from there you know a bunch of like straight nerds showed up at my studio and they're like we want to learn about this i was like well let me let me teach you um, and God, it was a blast, and it was a real blast to watch it. And you did it with Jan Jan. I did it with Jan Jan Jan, uh, and Brenda Darling, and Juicy Lou, and Izzy Uncut, and uh, with Caitlin there as well. I don't think I'm missing anybody.
1: Yeah. Do you? you just... lo- are you like a foodie? I mean, like, you got called for this, but, like, do you love food?
0: I love food, and starting with, I get my it. appearance as a pickle um, on season 10. Like people associate me with food and it has strengthened my love of food. I've done stuff with Carla Lully music, the uh, chef, the back-to-back chef. Um, and uh, we still are doing tutorials on my Instagram. Um, I just love it. I love food. I love how it makes me feel. I, it's one of those things where it makes people happy and I want to make people happy. So
1: what are your favorite foods, and what foods don't you like?
0: I mean, I know it's so corny for me to say, but I love latkes so much. I'm so looking forward to having them and really? having them this weekend. Oh, they're so good! You have to have them fried, and you have to make them fresh. Um, I was going to
1: say, you're such a nice Jewish
0: boy. I don't like
1: latkes, believe it or not. As crazy as that's... I mean, You've
0: had them the wrong way. You've probably had them from a mix, and you need them fresh grated potatoes and fresh grated onions, and then you deep fat fry them, and they are like uh, hash browns with a little kick. Mm. Um, So yeah, they can be really good. They can also be really bad. So I I understand if you don't like them. I'll, I'll convert you.
1: What? And do you eat them with applesauce?
0: Applesauce and sour cream. Okay, because I'm not glatt kosher, so I can have the sour cream. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not kosher or anything. I mean,
1: yeah. what are your like? What are your favorite places to go in New York for food?
0: Love Empanada Mama. I love, was gonna say um, Lenox Sapphire, where I get Senegalese food. Um, I love um, just if a, a great place to gather is the Cosmic Diner, um, where you can get a really good veggie burger. Um, yeah, these are places that I go all the time or did when I could leave. And Ponty Bistro, which is a uh, French and West African food. Um, it's near where I live, um, and chic expensive, but it's really worth it. It's, it's, uh, the, the, the um, owner, uh, Cissé, he was on Chopped. So he's, uh, wow. sometimes we joke about having been, you know, television, uh competition kids and, like what it's like for us now you know
1: but that's the thing about new york too like you said like we can get really any type of food almost at any hour still like even right. in the heart of covid we were able to yeah yep. so you got all yep. but the show on hulu looked so much fun like that has oh to have been.
0: I remembered what it was like to be free. You know, it was so good. I was like pumping my fist. I was like, yeah! Like therapy, the bar where it took place doesn't even exist anymore because I know. it. And Jan sport doesn't even exist anymore. That's Jan, Jan, Jan now. And uh, um, it's like so much has changed, but what hasn't changed is those friendships. Um, That table right there, those are my girls. And they were before drag race uh they were before all stars they are after um you know the most important thing about food is to share it with someone you love and that's what i wanted to do
1: do you think like to your point the new york girls like do you think the new york and the la girls have like a leg up on drag race or not really
0: do we think we have a a leg up i think i think the thing is not the city but the competition in the city is so tough that we by the time we've uh, by the time we arrive on Drag Race, we have already been competing as hard as we possibly could for years. So yeah. we're ready for it in a in a different way.
1: And you said you were shocked that Maya Rudolph said your name or knew your name. Like, are you... Yeah. Does that Listen, I feel like, does that happen a lot? Like, have you ever had a situation where, like, certain celebrities know your name and you're just like, holy shit? Because there's a lot of fans of Drag Race.
0: I think that there's, like... One of my favorite moments was going to the taping of the finale of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and Rachel Bloom called me out in the audience, and she was like, "Miss Cracker is here," and I was like, "Rachel Bloom, I love you so much!" Uh, like just two Jewish ladies connecting um, through the power of television. Uh, yeah, that was a really good one too.
1: Do you ever get starstruck? Like, are you the type to get starstruck?
0: Um, sometimes when I run into pheromone. No, I, I. Uh, I don't I don't get starstruck often. I think I would only get starstruck um if I ran into Nicole Kidman because she's my idol. Um bizarrely. I was just
1: gonna ask like who you love. It's Nicole. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Okay. I've
0: watched all like 72 of her films um several times. And uh I'm watching the undoing right now. Um, so yeah, the, I think that in that case, but otherwise, you know. I, I shook hands with Meryl Streep and I didn't rapture. I didn't go into the heavens. So I'm like, if I can, if I can survive that and keep my cool, then.
1: That's a pretty good one. Where did you yeah. meet Meryl Streep?
0: Well, this was way before drag. I was completely, uh, I was earning like $125 a week at a publishing house as an intern And she had this private concert uh, doing Mother Courage that came up and it was $500. So I just decided to starve and you got to meet her. I decided to starve for a couple of months. I made the money, I paid $500, which was like two times my rent for my tiny little Brooklyn room. And uh, I got to meet her and I got to hear her sing live. And she's better live than she is in Mamma Mia. And she is a fucking goddess in person, and uh, yeah. That's that.
1: really worth starving for. I mean, oh, seriously,
0: absolutely. And uh, it helped get credits towards my queer card. You know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I've stopped to see Meryl Streep. I am definitely uh, a queer.
1: You know. And she was lovely and just wonderful, and
0: oh, just everything that you'd imagine. Just the hair, the smile just so gracious and I know now what it's like to do uh, a meet and greet and you would never know from looking at her she's just unflappable and gentle and the the aunt or mom or sister that we all want you know
1: are you ever like shocked during your own meet and greets like you know I'm when fans come up and just know like everything about you like you said this five years ago you said this like are you just like wow
0: I'm like oh my god thank you because right Everything I do, I try to do so that it makes people happy, like I said. And so if someone says, I really love this, um, I just, I'm like, oh, okay. So it is not just going into the void, you know?
1: How did you come up with your name, Ms. Cracker?
0: Um, It is from my favorite snack, Brie on a Cracker. Because my my name, original drag name was Brianna, uh, Brianna Cracker. And uh, then uh, what happened next? Oh, someone else already had the name. I found out so oh, it was wow. Salt Lake City. So I was just like, well, I got to shave off part of it. Damn that Salt Lake City. But I know. I don't think it even exists anymore. And I could definitely, you know, take it back.
1: But it all worked out well. Yeah, worked My out. final two questions. Do you, like, what type of TV do you watch? Like you said, you were watching Nicole's show. Like, are you a reality TV person? Like, do you watch Drag Race? Like, what type of TV
0: do you love? Murder. Really? <laughs> Yeah, I like watching um like cold case and forensic files and um
1: like the IV real true life murder and
0: yeah and uh just like murderous affairs and all all, all of that. Um so believe me, I, be- I believe I could be an investigator on a case at this point um cuz I'm like, oh, I'm an ex- I the the husband did it. <laughs> you know what
1: I mean? I, I have friends that are obsessed and I'm not really into that. But every time like I'm at one of their apartments and it's on, I'm like, it draws you in. You're like,
0: oh, it does. Cause you because you just can't
1: believe what has really happened. And Right. I mean, yeah. first of all, I don't know how anybody would, you, you can't get away with anything today. Like the footprint is no. there. Like you could be in the middle of right. nowhere. Like people Yeah. just yeah. don't do whatever you're thinking don't. of
0: doing. And so this is really the most important message of the podcast today. Don't kill people. It's just not going to work out. Kind of. It's just not going to work out. (laughs) People are watching right now. People are watching.
1: So what is next for you as we head into 2021? I know you have some live dates coming up, right?
0: Yeah. So I'm going to be, I'm going to do a tour. Listen to this tour. I'm going to do a tour with Thorji and Rakim Sakura. And- I, I can't imagine what kind of crazy train that's going to be. That's going to be a traveling circus. I was going to um, say,
1: that must be so much fun on the road.
0: Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> and all of us, like, stone cold sober and just nutty as a fruitcake. So, uh, well, not thorky. Um Anyway, uh, but yeah, the She's a Woman tour is the big thing. Um, right. Go to she'sawomantour.com and get the tickets. We are doing the tour um, as I always say, when it's safe, um, but you can buy tickets so that you have them um, in advance for when we announce the American dates. And I'm excited because it's going to be my first uh, USA tour in a minute.
1: Right. So, and the other tour is in the UK, I think I saw. That's right. With Thorny. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. a woman tour in the US. People could buy tickets now, but there's no dates, but you'll have a ticket and then yeah, it'll be exactly. worked
0: out. And if you already have a ticket to the tour, um, just hold on to it. It is transferable. Don't worry about it. Um, just she's a woman tour.com. And in the meantime, you have my single with Jujubee, um, Eight Days of You, and Get Me the Fuck Out of Here, my uh, solo single.
1: Seriously, I'm gonna come see She's a Woman Tour when it comes through the New York. It's gonna be really good. It's, it's yeah. gonna be good. Yeah. So that's amazing. Where can everybody find you online?
0: Find me on Instagram principally, M-I-Z underscore Cracker, Ms. underscore Cracker. Um, and yeah, that's where I put my whole life. So sure, go to MizCracker.com, go to uh, the same handle on Twitter, but come on, Instagram, that's my television channel. It's
1: all about Instagram. You have a great Instagram. You say that Shay has a great one. You have a great, you have a clean, nice. Um, my Instagram is a mess. I look great yeah. in one picture, and then the other picture is kind of diagonal. Yours is very beautiful it's nicely curated
0: it's a com- it's a comedy queens uh instagram and it's like that l- that mix of like yeah i can be pretty but hello somebody i'm also an idiot so you know you got to show them both
1: i love it everyone needs to go there everyone needs to go to the she's a woman tour i will dm you we'll keep in touch you, you have darling. been a great guest thank you so much for taking your time i know you're busy even though we're in quarantine and i will talk to you later
0: okay thank you so much
1: bye bye